Amen. Hold up your Bibles. I want you to repeat after me. Say, this is God's word. Not Pastor Evans' word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I'm going to have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for your word. It's always a lamp unto our feet. It's always a light unto our path. It always brings encouragement when we need it. And Father, as I step back, I thank you for the Spirit of God using me to impart spiritual knowledge to your people. And I pray this morning that our hearts will be wide open to not just hear what you're saying, but Father, we'll trust what you're saying. And I thank you as we trust what you say and as we obey it, our lives will never, ever be the same after having heard the word of truth. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Let everybody say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. To start the year off right, we began a new series entitled God First. Everybody say God First. God First. And this series is designed to help us get in alignment with God so that He has first priority in our lives in every area. Amen. Now, our first lesson was called God First. Everybody say God First. And this lesson was focused on the importance of God being first in our lives. And then we talked about the promise that God gives us when we obey Him and keep Him first in our lives. And then our second lesson was called Seek First. Everybody say Seek First. And its focus was on the things that we should do in order to keep God first in our lives. And one of the things that we talked about was where fasting and praying uh, falls into that. And then uh, today our lesson, if you're taking notes, is called Heart First. Everybody say Heart First. Heart First. And today's lesson will simply or help us simplify the reason why most Christians find it difficult to bring the tithe and the offering to the Lord. Now, before I jump into this, the way I'm going to teach this this morning, I've never taught it before. Not only have I never taught it before, I've never seen it this way before. And so I want to say this. I know I'm going to be talking to the majority of you, but let's just say, for instance, you've already learned how to bring the tithe and the offering. I want you to ask yourself the question, what area of my life is God not first? See, if, if, if the way your children act and the way they are in their life, if it produces panic in your life, then your children are above God in that area. Amen. So, uh, if you're taking notes, the lesson is called Heart First. And so we're going to look at Matthew 6.33. That's been our foundational verse. And then we're going to go over to 2 Chronicles chapter 15, verses 1. Now, there are three things that we've discussed so far that can help us keep God first. We must be dedicated. We must stay motivated. And we must be consistent. Everybody say dedicated, motivated, and consistent. 
And the word dedicated means to be wholly committed to something. The word motivated means to have a strong reason why we do something. And then the third thing was consistent, and that's just a steadfast adherence to doing the same thing or applying the same principles. Now, I'm going to say something that will help you. You and I, and I said this is the reason why most people never see God add things into their life, is because we must practice first living uh, kingdom first. I'm going to call it kingdom first. We, you and I, we must practice kingdom first principles long enough to see the kingdom promises start coming to pass in our lives. And so most people never see God add to their lives because they don't, Watch this now. They don't activate the principles of seeking him first long enough. Now, we've discovered so far, touch your neighbor and say he's reviewing. We've discovered so far that in order for God to be first in our lives, we must first dedicate ourselves to him and his way of doing things. And so we read the amplified version of Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to read it. Verse 33, it says, but seek aim at and strive after, first of all, his kingdom and his righteousness, which is his way of doing and being right, and then, everybody say, and then, and then when, and then after we seek God, and then after we strive after uh, his kingdom being first, then all these things will be given to us or taken together uh, be given besides. So pro- God has promised to add some things. Everybody say, God has promised to add some things. In other words, when you and I keep Him first, He has promised to add some things that we need to our lives as long as we seek Him first and keep Him first. Now, last week we looked up the word seek in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33 that we just read. And there were four different descriptions that would help us understand the meaning of the word seek. And so the first one that we looked at, the word seek means to go about. Everybody say to go about. And that's physical or external. The Bible says Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. So to go about is something physical or external. And we talked about that on last week. This week, the second meaning is what we're going to focus on. And it means to desire. Everybody say to desire. And that's internal. And then the third one that we're going to look into is to inquire. That's verbal. And then number four is to require. And that's expectant or ex- uh, to expect. And since uh, we've gone over the first one, I'm not going to go back over that. But last week we did look at some things that we can physically do that we could seek God. In other words, I talked about before you, your feet hit the floor and before your hands hit the door, you and I should spend some time fellowshipping with God. And we should do that before we spend some time in fellowship with others. And many times, watch this, God does not get the first of our day, and so we end up giving God either leftovers or giving Him nothing at all. Amen. And the reason that happens a lot of times is because you and I are trying to do something on the outside. Watch this. That is not in order from the inside. So let's look at a parallel verse of Matthew 6.33. You know Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added to us. But I want to show you another verse that's kind of parallel with that verse. It's found in Matthew chapter 22, and we're going to look in verse 36. 
This was Jesus talking. And watch what he says. Watch what he says here. He says, someone came to him and they say, Master, which is the great commandment in the law? Which is the greatest one? Out of all the commandments, Jesus, which one is the greatest one? Watch what Jesus said. Jesus said unto him, you shall love the Lord thy God with how much of your heart? How much? All of your heart. That's internal. That's where that takes place. And then he says, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And then verse 38 says, watch this. This is the what? First and what? Great commandment. So if you and I are going to seek God first and keep him first, it must start with our heart. Amen. Now, what I want to point out to you is financially, most people think they're giving from their hand or their head or from their budget or from their check, but that's not where you give from. You and I, whenever we give, whether it's money or whether it's time or whether it's our service, whenever you give, giving starts with the heart. Exodus chapter 25 verse 2 says this, Speak to the children of Israel that they may bring me an offering of every man that gives it willingly with his what class? With his what? Give it willingly with his heart. You shall take up my offering. Now, the New Living Translation of 2 Corinthians 9, 7, I love the way it reads. Watch what it says. You, look at your neighbor and say, he's talking to you. He says, you must decide, each of you, in your heart, what do you decide? Come on, class, what do you decide? Come on, class, what do you decide? It says, let each decide in your heart how much you give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. So where does giving take place from, class? It takes place from the heart. Now, you may say, well, Pastor, that verse just told us to decide how much we should give. It didn't tell us, you know, uh, that we should give a certain amount. Well, you're right as long as you're talking about offering. Because you have to understand that the tithe, watch this, or the first tenth is not ours to give. That's why in Malachi chapter 3, I'm going to read it in just a second, it tells us to return the tithe. It's like if I allowed you to borrow my car and you used it for a week and you brought my car back, you didn't give me my car. You returned my car. So 2 Corinthians 9 is not referring to tithing or giving the first fruit because you cannot give what is not yours. Someone say amen to that. You can return what's not yours, but you can't give what's not yours. Malachi 3.8, they're going to put it on the screen. Watch what it says. Will a man rob God? He says, yet you have robbed me. But they say, how have we robbed you? I want you to see this. In tithes and in offerings. So we can only decide how much our offering is, but we're required by God and God expects us to return the first tenth. Now, let me say something here. If God didn't care about the tenth being first, then he would have been okay with what Cain gave to him in the book of Genesis. But what Cain gave to God was unacceptable to God. Now, for those of you who believe that tithing is an Old Testament principle or a, a, a law, it's not a law because the law did not, was not given until Moses started. The first time that a first fruit was mentioned was in the book of Genesis with uh, Cain and Abel. So at the end of the day, 
God rejected what Cain gave because God, God expected Cain, listen to me, to honor him with the tenth first. Now, the Living Bible translation of Proverbs 3, 9 says this, Honor the Lord by giving him the first part of all your income, and he will fill your barns with wheat and barley and overflow your wine with vats with the finest wine. So here's the question. Why do a lot of Christians struggle with putting God first? Watch this now. Especially financially. It's because, watch this, God is not first internally. Therefore, he won't be first externally when it comes to their finances. Oh, he might be first in your prayer life. But how do you prove to God he's first financially? Well, notice Matthew uh, 22. Let's go back to Matthew chapter 22. Uh, because the verse that the, the, the first commandment is tied to, God is saying, listen, I want to have priority in your hearts. And this is when you and I, we have to make whatever priority it is to God, you and I must make it priority to us. It's like you and I with our kids. When we have something that's priority to us that we want our, chi- our kids to do, then we communicate that with, with them. Well, we have to make whatever is important to God, we have to make it important to us. Someone say amen to that. But this is impossible to do. Watch this now. When there are things in our hearts that take priority over him. I'm trying to help somebody to understand why it's been difficult for you to trust God to give to him first. So this story we're about to read is the perfect story and example of what happens when people don't give God first and what happens to their heart when they do. Now, the New Living Translation is what we're going to read from. Now, this story is kind of long, but the reason I'm reading the story is because this story is really where most believers are today. Watch this now. Second Chronicles chapter 15, verse 1. It says, Then the Spirit of God came to Azariah, who was the son of Oded. Now, just, this guy, Azariah, was actually a prophet. So the Spirit of God came on him. And he said in verse 2, And he went out to meet King Asa. So Asa was a king in those days. And watch what happened now. I want you to focus on this. King Asa was returning from where? Come on, class. What was he returning from? So King Asa and his kingdom had went out to fight a war. And so he was just returning from the battle. And so this is what uh, the prophet said. Listen to me, Asa, he shouted. Listen, all you people of Judah and Benjamin, the Lord will stay with you as long as you stay with him. Whenever you seek him, there's that word, you will find him. But if you abandon him, he will abandon you. Watch for verse 3. For a long time, Israel was without the true God, without a priest to teach them and without the law to instruct them. But whenever they were in trouble and turned to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, what happened, class? They found him. Watch verse 5. During those dark times, it was not safe to travel. Problems troubled the people of every land. Nation fought against nations. That sounds like America right now. And city against cities, for God was troubling them with every kind of problem. But as for you, listen to what he says, be strong in what? Come on, be what? Be strong in what? He said, listen, King Asa and the people of God, be strong and courageous. 
Watch this. For your work will be rewarded. Verse 8. When Asa the king heard this message from Azariah the prophet, what did he do, class? He did what? He took courage because it takes courage to do things God's way financially. He took courage. And I want you to see the first thing he did. Watch this now. He removed all the detestable, uh, what? Idols. When he heard the prophet say, hey, listen, God needs to be first. The first thing that this king did is he removed all of the idols from the land. And then the next verse, it says, and he repaired the altar of the Lord. So he took down the idols. Then he repaired the altar. What do you do in an altar? You offer up sacrifices. That's what they gave to the Lord. And then it says in verse 9, then Asa called all the people together of Judah and Benjamin. And he says, listen. For many from Israel had moved to Judah during Asa's reign when they saw that the Lord his God was with him. Watch verse 10. Then the people gathered at Jerusalem in late spring during the 15th year of Asa's reign. Watch verse 11. On that day, what day are we talking about? Remember when we started this whole story, King Asa had just came from where? He had just come from battle. And so now he's saying, on that day... They sacrificed to the Lord how many cattle? 700 cattle and 7,000 sheep and goats from the plunder that they had taken in from the battle. The day that they got it, watch this now, is the day they gave it. I want you to see that. The day they got it is the day they gave it. Everybody say the day they got it is the day they gave it. Then it says in verse 12, they entered into a covenant, here we are class, to seek the Lord, the God of their ancestors. So I want you to see, two things happened before they came into a covenant to seek God. The first thing they did is they tore down the idols that they had going on. Then the second thing they did, they gave to God what was first, and then they made a covenant to the Lord to seek Him. And notice what it says, with all of their heart and soul. Watch verse 13. They'll agree that anyone, watch this is interesting, anyone who refused to seek the Lord, the God of Israel, would be put to death. Oh, my God. Whether they were young or old, man or woman. And then they shouted out their oath of loyalty to the Lord with the trumpets. Verse 15. All in Judah were happy about this covenant, for they entered into this covenant with how much of their heart? All of their heart. Because I'm going to show you in just a second that the reason most people, Christians, struggle when it comes to giving to the Lord is because they have a heart problem, not a money problem. They earnestly sought after God, and they found Him, and the Lord gave them rest from their enemies on every side. If you notice now, God gave them rest from their enemies because they got themselves in alignment with God. Amen. So, I love how the King James writes verse 12 and 15. So I'm going to reread verse 12 and 15 in the King James. Verse 12 says, And they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God of their fathers with all of their heart and with all of their soul. Verse 15 says this, And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all of their heart 
And they sought God with their whole desire. I wanted you to, to, to read it that way because the King James says they sought him with their whole desire. And remember, the second meaning for the word seek that we're focusing on is to desire. Remember that. Now let's go back to our foundational verse in Matthew 6 because here is where now I'm going to give you some, some revelation on this because most of us don't really understand why we do what we do or why we don't do what we do. So Matthew 6, uh, I want you to, we're going to read it now. And, and this time we're going to start in verse 19. Now, when we started reading Matthew 6 two weeks ago, we said that verse 24 started the context to read verse 33, and it does. But verse 19 starts the conversation of that context that we read for verse uh, 24. So we're going to start reading now in Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, because it kind of lines up with what we just read in Second Chronicles. He says in verse now 19 of Matthew 6, Lay not up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust does corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures where, class? In heaven where neither moth nor rust does corrupt and where thieves do not break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So I want you to notice now, our hearts are connected to our treasure. Everybody say, my heart is connected to my treasure. Now drop down to verse 24, and I'm going to read this through the Living Bible. Matthew 6:24 in the Living Bible says this, No man can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. Watch what he says. You cannot serve both God and what? Okay, so touch your neighbor and say he's about to say something deep. Here's another way of saying that verse. You cannot serve God in idols. I'm going to say that again. The verse read, you cannot serve God and money. Another way of saying that is to say, you cannot serve God and idols. Amen. The way God sees it, it's either one or the other. It's either God or money. And one of these are going to be at the top of your heart. And unfortunately, with the majority of believers, money is at the top. Ah, so we must dethrone money and rethrone God. Now, this lets us know now that God prioritizes kingdom principles and spiritual principles over earthly principles and over natural things. And if you and I are going to make what's important to us that's important to God, we must value spiritual things over natural things as well. Now, here's where the revelation, I'm about to show you something. Let's go back now and read verse 19 of Matthew chapter 6. Because this verse, watch this now, points out, what God's competition really is. Because if you read that, it says you cannot serve God and money. So it sounds like money is God's competition, but it is not God's competition. Verse 19 points out to us what is God's competition when it comes to money or when it comes to us and when it comes to our hearts. Watch verse 19. It says, lay not up for who? For who? 
Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth which moth and dust corrupt. Now I want you to see, he's saying here that when you are, when we lay up stuff, he's saying, he's saying when you lay it up for yourselves treasures on earth. So watch this now. God's comp- competition is not the devil. God's competition is us. The real enemy to God being first is self. Watch this now. Watch this now. Selfishness, self-reliance, self-trust, and self-dependency is what keeps God from being first in our heart. I'm going to say that again. Self-reliance, self-dependence, self-trust, selfishness. That is the thing that keeps our hearts from God being first. He says you cannot serve God and money. Well, but, but what's, keeping, what's keeping money being at the top? When he says we're laying up treasures for ourselves, which means that the reason we can't give to God first is because we're thinking about us. Watch this now. We trust us more than we trust God. The real reason you and I don't return the tithe and give up the first fruit financially is because we trust our strength more than we do God's promises. And anytime we trust in us, in our flesh, it is proof that God does not have first priority in our hearts. Wow, this is hard, ain't it? This is hard. This is hard. Watch Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 5. There's some good news coming. Jeremiah 17, 5. It says this. Thus says the Lord, cursed be the man that trusts in man. How many in here is a man or a woman? How many, how many in here is that? One of those two? Okay, if you don't have your hand up, what are you? He says, cursed is the man that trusts in man or yourself and makes flesh his arm, and whose heart departs from the Lord. What's the New Living Translation of Jeremiah 17, 5? This is what the Lord says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. So the moment you and I choose to trust in our flesh is the moment our hearts depart from the Lord. This is when we dethrone God in that area of our lives. But let me give you some good news. Touch your neighbor and say, good news is coming. When we trust God and keep him first, not only will things work out in our lives, but God will prosper us way beyond what we could have done in our own strength. Now, I'm going to read Jeremiah 17 from the New Living Translation. I'm going to start back reading the verse 5 like I did, but I'm going to show you something else. It says, this is what the Lord says. Curse are those who put their trust in mere humans, who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. Watch it. He says, those people are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. The King James says they can't even see when good comes. He said they will live their lives in barren wilderness and in uninhabited salty land. But watch what he says now. Here's the promise. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made the Lord their hope and confidence. They will be like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep in the water. And these trees are not bothered by the 
heat. They're not bothered by the economy. They're not bothered by our, our culture. He says, but, but listen, but, but by the heat, they're not worried for the long nights of drought. Why? Because their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. So as I close here, let me show you something you may not have ever seen in the scriptures. You know, a lot of times say people say, you know, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. That, you know, when we're giving to the kingdom, it benefits us. Well, I want to show you in Matthew 6. Let's go back to verse 19. Let me show you. And this is why I believe the devil fights you. If there's any area the devil's going to fight you in, it's this one. This is why people get mad at pastors for even talking about it. So why don't you just pull your calendar out and will you take notes and, and, and count how many times Pastor Evan teach a lesson like this. Just count because see the devil will tell you that's all he talk about. Well, why don't you start counting this year? Go ahead and put it on the calendar. He talked about money on that day. Okay? And so every time I do, just, just, just mark your calendar because it seems like it's more because you need more of it, but you don't want to hear about it. I saw some roaches clapping in the back. You preach, Pastor Evan. You preach, Pastor Evan. Pastor Jonathan, make sure we exterminate those roaches next week. Watch Matthew 6, verse 19. Watch this. It says, remember, this is how we saw that selfishness is what's keeping God from being first. It says, lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth. That's selfishness. Selfishness, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But watch what he tells us to do. Watch the instruction. He says, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. That means when you and I give, it benefits us. He says, lay not up for, he says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven. So when you and I give, watch this, toward heaven, we give to God. He said, when you lay up treasures for yourself, cause it's not for the church. It may benefit the church, but it's not for the church. He says, but lay up treasures for yourself. So giving is for you. It's not for nobody else. And what you don't understand is that giving has generational contexts to it. The reason some of you are struggling today financially is because your parents didn't know what I'm teaching you right now. And so you were born in the curse. You were born in the struggle. You were born in that, in that complex world. Why? Because you didn't know no better. But somebody's got to break the curse. Somebody's got to break that thing. Somebody's got to say to the devil, oh no, mama struggle, daddy struggle, granny struggle, papa struggle, but I will not struggle and nobody in my generation is going to struggle. The curse stops with me. And all the devil wants you to do is to make this message about Pastor Edmund. But I'm not going to let you let him do that to you. Because, see, if the lights at Word of Truth Family Church was dependent upon your tithing, you ain't been doing it. So how the lights stand on? <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you what I know. <laughs> See, I'm off script now, so you know I'll be, I'll be saying what I'm feeling when I'm off script, right? No, no, no. If I was the devil, I would make your money funny and your change strange. But listen, some of what we blaming on the devil is our fault. Because we're the ones that opened the door to let him come in. So today, I'm done. That wasn't as bad as I thought. Because if there's any message, the devil does not want you to get. And here's why the Lord really wanted me to do it up front. Because some of you are going to have a repeat of 2019 financially if you don't change right now. If you don't change right now, you're going to see a repeat or even worse. You know why? Because our world is going in a negative direction. And while I was getting dressed this morning, the Lord told me to tell some of you all what you don't realize is your giving is connected to your dreams. See, if your increase is connected to what you do, your hands, your job, the problem with that is this. That means increase can only come when you're working. Well, if you only work eight hours a day, eight minus 24 is what? 16? Is that what it is? 16? So that means there are 16 hours you ain't working. But when you give, God's up there navigating spiritual things. He's saying, open that window over there for Evan. Open that door over there for Evan. Pour out a blessing over there for him. Open this opportunity over there for them. Cause the windows of heaven to pour out a blessing. Keep the devil off of their stuff because the Bible says he will rebuke the drive. I know their job is going through a layoff, but don't let them get laid off. As a matter of fact, lay everybody off, but give them a promotion in the midst of that mess. While you are asleep, God is working on your behalf. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, there are some people you never saw that your non-giving, your non-tithing, your non-first fruit giving, you never saw it as you being the idol. You never saw it as selfishness. But God is saying today, I want you to dethrone you and rethrone me in your financial life. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you that the word always, your word says it will always, it will never turn, return to you void, but it will always produce that which you called it to do. And so, Lord, I declare in Jesus' name that the word has fallen on good ground. And because it's fallen on good ground, we can expect to see 30, 60, 100-fold return on the word. And, Lord, everyone that's in this room, who've been trying to figure out why it's been hard for them to give the first. It's because their trust has been in them. 
And so, Lord, as we dethrone ourselves today, hallelujah, and as we rethrone you in our lives financially, I just declare that this church, and when I say, Father, this church, I mean these people. I declare in Jesus' name that these people will be some of the wealthiest people in Arlington and Mansfield and Grand Prairie and the Metroplex. That when people meet Word of Truth Family Church people, they will meet blessed people. They will meet prosperous people. They will meet generous people. They will meet people who's not selfish, but has your kingdom agenda at hand. And I thank you. In Jesus' name. Now, with every head still bowed, there are some people that need to dethrone.